It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. You know, we feel that, uh, you know, we can, we can uh, go out and win this year. Um, you know, we'll have to make some improvements in uh, the uh, going out in this offseason in, in, in the market. But at the same time, you know, our, our goal is to win. It's not to be competitive. So, it's we, you know, we want to we go out and, 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 and win games and, and, and eventually get to the postseason. That was Nick Kroll, the Reds' general manager on MLB Network, telling us that the goal is to win, not to contend. Exactly what we've been wanting them to say for a very long time. Because we are now heading into, or we are in the middle of, I guess I've been saying that we're heading into this offseason. We're in the offseason. It's the offseason. We are in the most important offseason in recent Reds memory. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. There's no concrete news to get to right now. We're just hearing more rumors about this guy or that guy. The Reds are looking at this guy. The Reds aren't looking at this guy. Whatever. We'll get to some of that. But first, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms that are out there. Hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss any of these episodes this offseason, I'll be coming to you each and every day, Monday through Friday. Also, check us out on Twitter, at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And save that LockedOnReds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. So to build off of what I mentioned earlier, this is the most important offseason in recent Reds memory. Now, to say it's the most important Reds offseason ever is a little short-sighted. I mean, there's been some pretty important ones. But as far as the stakes, let, let's set the table here. Let's, uh, let's show exactly what the board looks like for this Cincinnati Reds ball club. 2020 will mark the 30-year anniversary of the 1990 World Series, i.e. it's been a while since the Reds have had a trophy. It's been a while since they've had a pennant. In fact, the last time they won a playoff series, most of you are aware, was 1995, 25 years ago. We are going through a dry spell in all Cincinnati sports. Let's loop. Let's loop in the Bengals. We'll loop in everything. You know the Bearcats. Loop it all in here. Let's just throw it all on the pile. Cincinnati sports have 
for the most part, sucked over the last 25 years since the last time the Reds won a playoff game or a playoff series. The Bengals haven't won a playoff game, and Lord knows when that's going to happen if you look at that wonderful NFL franchise. Currently right now, they haven't won a game in the regular season. They're not making the playoffs this year, folks. I love it. I did see a graph on ESPN. I feel bad for the guy that even had to make this, but a guy had to make a graphic on an ESPN show stating that the Bengals had less than 1% chance to make the playoffs. Wow. What a waste of time. That's just ridiculous. But to loop that all in, sports, a, you know, you generally go to sports for a release, for entertainment, for fun, to get away from life. You're getting away from life and you're watching losing. Let's change that here, huh? That's why this offseason is important for the Reds because they're they're right there. They're on the front doorstep. They just need to get in the door. And the directive to get in the door is clear. Get the hitting. We've got the pitching. The pitching is here in-house. Now, sure, they could go after a couple of relievers and bolster the bullpen, but every single team in Major League Baseball has that philosophy. So that's not going to be their main goal. The main goal is to get the hitting. Whether that's Marcelo Zuna. We've heard rumors about them going after him. There's been talk I saw on MLB Trade Rumors that uh, he might garner a three-year deal for $45 million, which, shout out to at RespectTheHorn on Twitter. Honorary Viking Greg is his uh, name on Twitter there. But he had, he had brought up the, the whole draft pick compensation could factor in whenever it comes to the value of the free agent deal for Marcelo Zuna. So that that could actually be a thing. He could there could actually be a total contract of less than 50 million for Marcelo Zuna. And I'm telling you what, if it comes down to the Reds signing him for 3 years at 45 million dollars, I don't care what the draft pick compensation is because that's a pretty decent deal for a guy who's a pretty decent outfielder. I, I'm, I stopped short of saying that he's a great outfielder, but he's pretty good and he would definitely improve the lineup. And then you also look at Didi Gregorius and Yasmani Grandal, the two guys who are most frequently linked, not only in, oh, hey, the Reds are interested, but also other people looking at the situations of all 32 Major League Baseball teams and taking a look at the Reds and saying, both Gregorius and Grandal will be a Red this next season. And that's, that's just rumors. That's not news as of right now. But those are the two guys that are favorites. And sign me up for that. We're improving the shortstop position. We're improving the catcher position. And you add in the element of time, of load management with Joey Votto with Grandall signing because he can play a pretty decent first base as well. So there you go. I mean, those are the ideas that we're looking at. We This isn't an off season where they can just go on the cheap. And we all know that. We all understand that. There's no minor league deals to be made that are going to make you a playoff team because guess what? They've been doing that for five, six years now. Pretty much since the last time they were in the playoffs, your key offseason moves, for the most part, uh, unless you're looking at like 
the Jared Hughes deal or the David Hernandez deal, which both happened in the same offseason. But outside of those small couple-of-year deals for relievers, they've done minor league contracts, you know, invites to spring training with a chance to make the big league ball club. That's not going to work this year. You're looking for impact guys. You don't get impact guys that way. You get the retreads, the we really hope that he can resurrect his career sort of guys when it comes to that way. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, Jose Iglesias was pretty good. Comparatively speaking, he was just okay. But we, we liked what we saw from him because he filled a need for this team over the season. I don't know that bringing him back does anything for the Reds' bottom line because guess what? They had him last year, and they didn't make the playoffs. Make the playoffs in 2020. Anything less is a complete failure. There we go. I said it. I don't know who else has said it. I'm saying it. If the Reds don't make the playoffs in 2020, the season is a failure, and we've got to start asking some harder questions. Hopefully we don't have to ask those. I got a few more thoughts when it comes to the rumors from different guys that we're talking about coming up here in just a second. Bobby Nightingale had an interesting article in the Cincinnati Enquirer, or at least on Cincinnati.com, talking about how the Reds understand that it's not all just about focusing on one area this offseason. And I know I've, I've talked about get the hitting but Dick Williams had some quotes to the effect of they understand that you can't just fix one area of the ball club and everything else will work itself out. They're still looking for opportunities when it comes to upgrading the pitching, whether it be at the fifth spot in the rotation or in the bullpen. So they're keeping their eyes on that. And, you know, it's it's nice to hear. They, they were saying nice things when it comes to looking at pitching, but they didn't really have anything concrete to say as far as guys that they're looking at. The There's two things, though, that I did glean from the article, two things to focus on here. First of all, basically almost a day after I mentioned that the Reds are looking at Howie Kendrick, now it's official. They're not looking at Howie Kendrick. The rumor mill the rumor mill turns here as we're in the middle of hot stove season. But it said you know, Bobby Nightingale said in his article, a league source said it's unlikely he signs with the Reds and that the Tampa Bay Rays are the front run, front runners to sign Howie Kendrick this off season. And you know, there's um just something that whenever I first heard the rumor, I thought it was interesting because he's a good player. We want good players here, but I didn't necessarily think he fitted the mold for what they're looking for. And and while it would be nice to upgrade at second base, I feel like the Reds are better served looking to upgrade center field and moving Nick Senzel to second base because as many have reported and written about and scouts have talked about on different shows, he profiles as a plus defender at second base. And then you take his bat and you slot it in that second base spot and you're very happy to have his bat 
have Nick Senzel as your second baseman. So maybe they look a little bit harder at center field than they do at second base if you're to compare those two apples to apples. And then, of course, it still mentions Grandall and Gregorius in that article as well. One thing I did find, and one other thing from the article that I found to be interesting, is that it officially says, you know, it officially notes the Reds removed Derek Dietrich from the 40-man roster earlier this month, along with three other players, and Dietrich elected to become a free agent. Exactly what we said was going to happen. So Dietrich's out there on the open market now. Hopefully he can find him a team, a good landing spot in which he will be a key player, uh, you know, get some everyday playing time. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like. Maybe he can land on a playoff contender. More than likely he's going to be on a team like the Royals or, you know, maybe the Tigers or the Orioles, which in, in that case, you kind of feel for the guy. It, it, there's guys who, through one way or another, one reason or another, continually move from bad team to bad team. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that that means that he himself is a bad player. I think Derek Dietrich is a very decent player. He's an awesome guy to have in the clubhouse, you know, as we saw this season. And he's an entertaining personality. That being said, he he falls into this group of guys that just constantly rotate among bad teams. Because most of the teams that we think that Dietrich, especially if he's looking to play every day, a guy that, you know, I mean, for lack of a better word, he didn't hit for most of the season. Just It just wasn't there. He had a great first couple of months but then fell off the table. If he's looking to show everyone that he is a consistent hitter and he's going to do it on an everyday basis, he's going to have to do it for a team that's not necessarily looking to win next season because if he is on the Reds roster, he's on the Reds roster as a bench hitter. He's going to be probably that last bench spot, and that that would be awesome for the Reds, but if he's looking to improve and rebuild his career and things of that nature, he's got to go to a team he can play every day, which means he's not going to be a red next year. We'll see how that all works out. Obviously, there's still the door open for him to come back through some kind of free agent uh, deal. On the cheap, though, he's not going to be a guy, at least I wouldn't expect him to be a guy, that gets signed right off the bat. And the the quote that Bobby Nightingale had from Nick Kroll, it's honest. It's an honest, uh, very almost kind of objective way to look at this whole situation with Dietrich. Nick Kroll said, for where he was going to be in arbitration and what we need from a resource standpoint – I think we just decided we're better off figuring out how to reallocate some of that money and go from there. So it's a business decision. That's what it was. It was business. It's nothing personal. All that good stuff. But uh, officially, Derek Dietrich is a free agent. But kind of going back to the whole pitching idea, there, there's actually a decent amount of arms on the open market this offseason. And there's a lot of teams that are looking for starting pitching help. And like I mentioned, everyone looks for bullpen help, all that good stuff. 
but there's plenty of guys out there to look at. And one guy that I just think, just from what we've seen, I don't know exactly what the money would look like with this guy, but a veteran option to maybe compete with Tyler Malley for that fifth spot. And a guy that we've seen pitch very well, at least against the Reds, and that's Wade Miley. I know he was a name that got bandied about last offseason as well, so maybe he's not there for the Reds. Maybe he gets signed rather quickly because he still pitched, he still pitched pretty decently for the Astros last year, and with that he may have pitched his way into a more lucrative deal. But at the same time, I think he's a guy that the Reds should at least kick the tires on and see if he would be willing to come in and pitch for that fifth spot. Chances are, if they do sign Wade Miley, I'd say he's the favorite to be the fifth starter. I think right now, right at this moment, he is a better pitcher than Tyler Malley. I still think Tyler Malley has a tremendous amount of upside. And he would do well to pitch out of the bullpen this season and maybe he'd be the long guy that gets stretched out for a couple of innings I don't know just some spitballing ideas there chances are Wade Miley gets snapped up by a team for a pretty lucrative deal that the Reds necessarily would not give to a fifth starter we'll see how that all plays out anyway that's enough of me rambling for today thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast on tomorrow's show I want to talk about a guy who's coming back he's a minor leaguer But he's got a very interesting story. We're going to talk about that and more as more rumors churn in every single day from the hot stove. This is the Locked on Reds podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed to get each and every episode each and every day. Also, check us out on Twitter at Locked on Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.